Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you could pick to be like any animal on the earth, characteristics or qualities of any creature, what would you pick? Maybe like in Isaiah, you would take up on wings like eagles and soar high above the mountains and high above the clouds. Or perhaps it would be the strength of a, of a bull or the strength of a lion. The book of Amos is all about a lion and the strength that the lion of the tribe of Judah has. Beautiful, king of the jungle. Maybe you'd be like Elisha. There's an interesting story. Maybe you'd take up the form of a bear because when it comes to obstacles, you like to maim and maul those who would be in your way. Maybe your name is Caleb. Caleb's here tonight. That's the Hebrew word for a dog. Faithful, loyal, protecting, sweet and adorable, good qualities all. But what about the words from Isaiah 41, what God calls his nation. Fear not, you worm. Anybody would like to take up the form of worm? No, I, I, see, I see heads shaking even, not even, uh, not even being passive about it. I didn't think so. No worm wannabes, huh? No eyes, no legs, small, insignificant. Nobody likes them. Everybody hates them. Big, fat, fuzzy ones. Little, squiggly, squishy ones. Yuck. That's the word I have for worms. No one ever stops the car and says, hey, look at that beautiful worm. Maybe you've ever read an editorial that says, we have to band together and stop the aquatic nightmare and atrocity taking place in our lakes and rivers. Save the worms from the fishermen, spearing them with hooks just to feed the fish. Barbary! How about team mascots? Any worms for the team mascots? Maybe you'd pick one for your opponent, right? The Los Angeles leeches, perhaps, right? I think around here, you'd probably get some fans of the, the Michigan maggots, right? How about the Ohio State squigglers? <laughs> no? Well, God calls his people a worm. He says, don't be afraid, O worm, Jacob. Why would he call this community, his chosen people, now in exile in the nation of Babylon, as we're reading Isaiah's uh, prophecy, the people of Israel are in the nation of Babylon, which is present-day Iraq, near to uh, Baghdad, actually. Why would he call them a worm? Didn't he get the memo that if you want to boost people's self-esteem and, and get them motivated and moving, you don't call them things like worms? But perhaps that's how they felt there in exile. In these chapters that we will study throughout this season as we sing with the exiles in Isaiah's chapters 40 through 55, the exiles are called weak, weary. They're called bruised reeds and smoldering wicks. 
They're called deaf and blind, childless, widowed, divorced, stubborn, rebels. And God sums that all up by simply calling them worms. O worm Jacob is paralleled with those who are dead in our reading today. So let's compare those. People who have died and worms. We bury the dead. So do we worms. We walk right on top of worms. We pass over the top of those whom we've buried. The dead are surrounded by dirt. So are those worms. The dead are out of sight. Perhaps also out of mind. And so too, the worms. The exiles had, felt, had seen terror on every side. All these promises that God had made to them seemed like they were empty, that God had maybe gone back on his word, that they were never going to come to fulfillment. Hope of a Messiah? They hoped for a tomorrow. Their treasured scriptures and liturgies were mocked. Their temple was destroyed. They were swallowed up in Babylon. Maybe that's epitomized in Psalm 22 when they cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In 22 verse 6, David writes, I'm a worm and not a man. Now, what about you and I? Captive to sin, far from the Father, exiled in our sinful nature, when we don't act justly, when we don't love mercy, when we feel no compassion for those who know not the Lord, when we choose the wrong rather than the good that we want to do, when we harbor lust, when we angle for the praises of people rather than faithfulness, well, God has a word for all that. Sin. I'm a sinner. I'm a worm. Good as dead. Pastor, didn't you get that memo? God didn't seem to get it. You don't really boost people up by calling them worms. Where's the self-esteem? Where's the encouragement? Well, we shouldn't think too highly of ourselves than we ought to. We should come to grips with the reality that God declares of us. That we are by nature sinful and unclean. And so we confess our sins. To confess means to speak together. A con, a together confession. So when we say that we are by nature sinful and unclean, we say to God, what you have said is true, O Lord. I'm a man of unclean lips. Or with Job, I repent in my dust and ashes on Ash Wednesday today. That's what Lent is all about. Acknowledging our sinfulness. Acknowledging who we are in God's sight. Worms. Dead in our trespasses and sins. Sinful and unclean in thought, word, and deed. And Lent is when we can focus on what we do the whole year round, what the whole Christian life is about. Repentance. A penitential season. A season of violet. Of somberness. Of repentance. To grieve over our sins and to repent before God Almighty, not in just one season, not for just 40 days, 
but for all the days of our life. Only those who are dead and buried and surrounded by dirt can cry out for a resurrection. Knowing that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, we turn to the one hope that we have, the one hope of Israel and Babylon, the one hope of each and every one of us in sin, the Holy One, your Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, the Holy One of Israel. That is what God calls Himself. He says to the worms, do not be afraid. Fear not, I will redeem you. You are the ones that God is buying back from your sin. You are the ones that God is freeing from your slavery, paying off your debt. Whatever has gone bad, He will make good. He makes all things new again. And the culmination of our season of Lent is when we focus on the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross. And there the Holy One of Israel, the one to whom angels cry, Holy, 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 our Redeemer, the completely eminent One, the transcendent One, announces that the worms, you're free and you're forgiven. And you're not a worm. You're a mountain mover. How can he do it? By himself. By laying himself down by laying out His left hand and His right, so that we who are poor would have the riches of eternity. He did it all for you. And He gives you a transforming word. Isaiah says it this way, Don't be afraid, O worm. I am making you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp with many teeth. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. The worms become mountain movers as God redeems us. Jesus said, if you have the faith even of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea. To this mountain, if you believe and do not doubt, you can say to that mountain, be leveled. Yes, we the worms become mountain movers and we we throw our enemies to the wind as chaff, as the stubble of wheat. And the breath of the Lord blows your enemies away. We are high and lifted up. We are loved and exalted because our Lenten sackcloth is not the final word on sin. Ashes are not the final word on sin and death. On Easter, our robes of Sackcloth shall be exchanged for the baptismal robes of rejoicing, washed white in the blood of Jesus. And our ashes, you shall be lifted out of the ash heap and set high upon a mountain. This is what your Redeemer has come to do. To lift you up, to carry you out, to bring you into a promised land, to give you a hope and a future and a life. So the season of Lent, as we hear of the struggles of the nation of Israel, as we pray the the penitential psalms like Psalm number 6, Psalm 51, and the like, we will join with our brothers and sisters of the faith who have come before us. We will turn to our Redeemer, to the Holy One of Israel. He shall declare to you forgiveness.
of all your sins. Freedom in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.